One of the greatest and I came to kill it I'm the biggest problem when I'm in the building Money on my mind, I came to take it all Got my gurus right behind me, the revolution's born What up? Let's get weird. It is the Wednesday Freeloader Podcast, non-subscriber only, FantasyGuruElite.com. I am your host, Tommy G. I'm here with my boy, Jeff Collins. What up, Jeffrey? What is up, homie? How you doing? Doing good, bro. I'm a little tired. This weather gets me down. Is it, is it shitty by you, or are you in beautiful Cali where it's perfect all the time? I mean, it's probably perfect comparatively, but uh, we have got a little bit of rain, so that's that's annoying, right? Um, yeah, it's pouring. It's pouring. It's just literally been pouring for like 72 straight hours, and I'm so weather sensitive that this is driving me fucking insane. And we have a special guest on the show today who I told you is going to be around more often, our boy Ty Dillon. Ty, I don't know if I've had a chance to congratulate you on air yet. I don't know if it was official when you were on last time, but... Are going to be full-time NASCAR driver next year, my dude, huh? Yeah, man. It's uh, it's been a big week. Finally got to announce that I've you know I signed the contract earlier in the summer and hasn't been able to really say anything. But uh, glad to be back and uh, going to be running my first full season in the Sprint Cup, and then also probably doing about ninety percent of the races in Xfinity. So my weekend's going to be pretty damn busy. So you're going to be racing basically every Saturday and Sunday, right? Yep, pretty much. Now full-time NASCAR fans see a lot of me. Yeah, is that every Sunday now, full-time? I know you yeah, were doing something. Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, I'll be Sunday. running for the championship and Sprint Cup. Rookie, running for rookie of the year, pretty much. Ah, that's fucking awesome, dude. Congratulations, and uh, we wish you the best, and I will be at as many races as physically possible. <laughs> that sounds good. One of the good advantages of you going full-time NASCAR is like <laughs> all the races. So, so that's awesome. Okay. Dude. Really, congratulations. I know it's a fucking huge deal. So let's get into a little bit about last week, kind of the week that was real quick. I had a shit fucking ton of brandon cooks um luckily managed to salvage the weekend i'm not exactly sure actually i know exactly how it was it was taylor gabriel but outside of him i had a couple good plays my lineups were good it was just i mean i had a team that cashed the 1500 luxury box for you know 2500 with cooks on it and with brady not doing anything and with marco murray being mediocre ajayi being mediocre it was really gabriel ted ginn and I had Shady on that team. So it was it really didn't take much to cash this week. I noticed on FanDuel a lot of the scores were like 99 was cashing in a lot of things. Uh, 138 was an easy cash on DK with a 3, a 0, a 12, and a 13 in my lineup. So uh, how did you fare, Jeff, with uh, little Cooks-opolis? I don't know if you had a lot of Brandon Cooks or not. Yeah, I mean, it sounds similar. Like I had a lot of lineups actually with Gabriel and Marquise Wilson. Both, of course, had a lot of David Johnson. So you're like, oh, well, then I want all the money. All the money. Uh, but no, like literally uh, I had lineups with all three of those guys and it would be like a zero from Brandon Cooks or uh, I had quite a bit of Julio too. So like a seven from Julio. It was just for whatever reason, it couldn't all come together. And uh, it's really frustrating when you feel like you picked a lot of the right guys, especially when a lot of those guys are super low owned like Gabriel and Wilson and uh, it doesn't all come together for you, but hopefully that'll happen this week. 
Yeah, that was that was pissing me off because my best team was the one that I got a little contrarian on at running back. I put DeMarco in. I could have easily afforded David Johnson and just moved someone else around. But that was the team I paired up, Gabriel and Ginn and Shady. So that was was a little bit frustrating. How about you, Ty? How'd this week go? It was all right. I cashed every single uh, – I only played one lineup, but I played in a bunch of different tournaments, and I, and I cashed in every single one of them. But it was kind of the same thing. I – I um I had Marquise Wilson and and most of the tournaments that I was playing in I was I think I was the only one that owned him and and most of the bigger tournaments I was in uh, he was like 0.4 percent and I was like all right this day's over I thought I had it but yeah. I also had Ajay who disappointed um, Rawls who disappointed and Rawls was another one yeah Steve Smith all in that same lineup I did hit the defense pretty good with the Ravens which I mean it still wasn't 10 points it was eight points but compared to you know what the other options were it was it was a decent day and i had david johnson and palmer so it was uh, good enough to cash it 132 points in all the tournaments i was in which was weird and it would have never happened any other week of the year yeah no it was it was it was strange i mean it was it was a week where i had a lot of rolls too that fucked me i forgot about him i mean that was just I, i'm just off him for the year i think that that just made no sense why farmer was on the field so much on third downs i mean i I know there's going to be games where he, you know, has 12 carries for 40 yards, but you figure with Michael no longer on the team and a couple other running backs down, including ProSize, that he had four targets the week before, three the two games before that, you figure he would have had at least five or six targets. He would have seen at least an uptick, and he had zero receptions this week and one target. So he wasn't even on the field in third down play. So we, we have to avoid Rawls the rest of the year, right? Like, am I wrong on this? I think that running back situation in Seattle is just weird. You know, yeah. they kind of have a love affair with Rawls last year, and then they start this year, they don't really give him an opportunity, and then they fall in love with ProSize. And it's just like they they don't stick with the guys they want. I know ProSize got hurt. He looked like he was going to be the guy, but um, they kind of throw feel like this is the week for Rawls, and then they take some of his uh, snaps away and, and sharing them. So it's just weird, and, and that line's – all beat up and be interested to see if they're back this week. I wouldn't, I wouldn't definitely play any, no running backs from Seattle until, until that line shored up and they have a good matchup. Yeah, what do you think, Jeff? Is this, is Rawls in a void going forward? Yeah, this team has a totally new identity, which is why I think that ProSize actually would have been a, a good mm-hmm. play moving forward because he is great catching the ball out of the backfield and everything, but this team wants to pass. So Forget about Rawls. I think um, ProSize would have been a, a great rest of the season option, but he's not in the picture anymore. So more so look to uh, roster Russell Wilson moving forward with some of these receivers, I think. And we've seen what Wilson's been able to do in the second half of the seasons. I mean, I've mentioned a thousand times how much money he made me in the second half of the year. Um, last year, this is commonplace for him to sleepwalk through the first eight games or be banged up and play through injury and then start getting healthy by week nine, 10, 11. So, I think we're just starting to see him finally get healthy right now. And, and this, just, this just lines up for him to have a monster second half of the season. We're actually going to talk about that game a little bit because we have Carolina Panthers expert Ty Dillon with us. So <laughs> in the middle of the podcast, we'll go into a little breakdown to, uh, to Ty's forte, which is talking about Carolina, and I'll tell him how big a piece of shit Cam Newton is. And, and we'll <laughs> that. But I want to touch, before we get into that, I want to touch on the Cook situation. This is obviously a big situation in the end of the week. We have another week where Breeze is at home. Uh, the total on this game is like 54 or 53. Uh, it's three or four points higher. And the big thing that jumps out to me is that Saints team total is 30.6, which is just absurd. Um, 27, 28 is usually as high as you see. So to see a team total over 30 
Uh, obviously, Breeze is going to be chalk. Obviously, Thomas is going to be chalk. What do you think the take is going to be on Cooks, Jeff, being that you know a lot of people were burned by him last week, so you're going to have the recency bias of that, but you also have the opposite narrative of the squeaky wheel coming out in public saying that he's not happy with the offense, and people like to roster those guys, those squeaky wheel players. Uh, is Cooks a guy that you're jump? I, I feel like you're going to be one way or the other. You're either going to have no interest or you're going to be all in. Am I right with yeah. that? Uh, yeah, I mean, Cooks last week was the fluky, one of the flukiest things we've seen all year. History. <laughs> I mean, really, like, I, obviously, I, I'm a little bit biased considering I roster him and stuff, and when that happens, you're, you look for every excuse to why you were really right and you got unlucky. But <laughs> this was a situation where they threw for, like, they scored six or seven touchdowns. Sneed had a long pass that I think was a touchdown, too. Like, it was just – it had to go way, 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 way wrong for Brandon Cooks not to have a little piece of this offense, let alone a single target. Like, it was just yeah, – it was insane. Um, so, I think that moving forward, yeah, squeaky wheel, all of that stuff, horrible defense, great matchup. Like, let me get some Brandon Cooks this week. I'm not scared to go back to that. I do think that Michael Thomas is the better play. I thought he was the better play last week. The only lineups I had Cooks in also had Michael Thomas in, you know. Um, so it was more of like a, just really wanting to load up on that offense, expecting those six or seven touchdowns. And uh, the fact that you, you don't get anything from Cooks is really frustrating. But I think you do the same thing again this week. You take Breeze, you take Michael Thomas, and you throw Cooks in there also. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, it's, I think it's the play. I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see – I'll look deeper into it tomorrow and wait for Pro Football Focus and Clay and all those guys who are specialists in this area to talk about what Slay is going to be doing. Um, if I'm Detroit, I'm shadowing Thomas with Slay, or I'm just playing Slay straight up and just playing him on the side. But Cadre Diggs is the, the garbage player, really, the worst player on that Detroit defense. Uh, he's the weak spot. Lawson and Slay are both pretty good. Slay is a pretty good shadow corner. So – you know, they all move around into the slot a little bit. Sneed plays there the most. I usually don't roster Sneed, but Cooks plays there about 37% of the time. So if I can get 40% digs in this matchup too and pray for a slay shadow on Thomas, I think Cooks becomes an elite play this week. But Ty, is this something where you're going to be avoiding Cooks a little bit? Are you worried? Because the, the other thing about this was Peyton did come out and say, really, he almost kind of blew off Cooks's comments. He's like, I'm not concerned with those comments. That was basically... Let me get his exact words here if I could find it. But it was basically breezes, though. Yeah, yeah, Sean Payton said he's not concerned with Brandon Cooks becoming frustrated with his role in the offense. So if, well, if we could get inside uh, information on Breeze's relationship with Cooks <laughs> and whether that's good or bad, I think that would be the pivotal piece of information. Yeah, so listening to Hanson and, and you guys, Hanson was talking about how he talked to Cooks, um, I guess, when, when he was coming out of the draft and said he was an awesome guy, not a guy that's going to go around – and uh, disrupted team, and he comes out and says that, so he's obviously very, very pissed. And then he tweeted also something like, uh, I guess I'm going to have to become a businessman. I think his, he's going to be a free agent soon. So he's pretty pissed, it seems like. So I'm sure Breeze wants to keep him around. And, um, yeah, I was uh, as, soon as, as soon as I just started messing my lineups around Tuesday morning, um, Cooks was the first one I had in there. And then everybody starts – more people start talking about it, the more I'm wanting to ease off of it. Yeah. So it kind of, kind of pisses you off a little bit. But if it stays lower and you kind of sounds like some people are still worried about him, I, you, I think he's a great play. But uh, one thing I don't get is there. I heard a comment where they said that the matchup just wasn't good 
they didn't like the matchup they had with Cooks against the Rams defense. What were the Rams? I don't know if you guys have watched the tape. What were the Rams doing? They were. They were. I did. I did watch back on it. First of all, I watched you know a good chunk of it while it was going on, but they were basically bracketing Cooks. It was. It was unbelievable. I mean, because you know they have EJ Gaines who was supposed to spend a lot of time on him, and then Joyner and Tremaine Johnson, but. You know, Tremaine handled them a lot. Tremaine Johnson was on him a ton. I don't know the exact numbers or anything. But, I mean, it, it wasn't exactly a situation where Cooks just wasn't open or Breeze wasn't looking his way. They treated Cooks like he was Julio Jones for some reason. Like, it seemed like there was a guy on him and then there was someone within five feet of him everywhere he went. So, the Rams definitely game plan to stop Cooks, which I don't think anyone in the world would have expected or seen coming given the weapons that Breeze has and the fact that Michael Thomas has been the more productive, consistent wide receiver for the last few weeks. But, but they definitely did make a concerted effort to stop him. Yeah, that's, it's kind of weird, but I don't, I don't know if there's another situation in the NFL where you might see something like that happen with a, a guy kind of like Cooks going up against the Rams because there's not too many guys like Cooks that have quarterbacks like Breeze that have no problem not throwing to his other guy because he knows how to spread the ball around. So, uh, but It was a total aberration. or something. I mean, listen, the bottom line is we, if I would have told you before Sunday morning that the Saints were going to score 49 fucking points at home against, you know, a mediocre pass D and Cooks was going to get zero targets, you, you would, there's no way. You would have had 100% Cooks. I, w- I would have said he got hurt. Yeah, yeah. Th- exactly. There's, there's no explanation. Running out of the tunnel. He's had three <laughs> catches or more in every single game in his career. Like, I mean, you're not talking about a guy who's done this ever before. So all you fucking Twitter trolls out there who are getting on me and Jeff and Kevin and Ty, you'll probably get it now too. Brandon Cooks, great fucking player. You're a fucking asshole and I hope you die. Okay? That's what I think of you. I legitimately go to sleep praying that you fucking die before (laughs) you're a horrible human who doesn't understand that sometimes it's just bad variants and things happen that don't make sense. This was Mike Trout going 0 for 12 in a 37-inning extra-inning baseball game against position players in Coors Field (laughs) on his birthday with a bobblehead night going. (laughs) (laughs) That's what just happened right there. So go fuck yourself. That was – Ajayi, I'll take a little little blame for. I think I was a little too high on Ajayi given that he had the banged-up line, and I think I basically just wiped that out and said I'm fucking ignoring it when I probably should have taken that a little more serious. Um, went a little too focused on how bad the San Fran D was, but I'll take a little blame there. Jeff, did you have a lot of Ajayi? No, no Ajayi. I had um, mostly DJ, um, some other running backs mixed in there too, but yeah, I mean, the guys that killed me were Shepard and Cooks. Shepherd, and um, aside from that, I did pretty well overall. Yeah. Ty, was there anyone else who fucked you last week? Steve Smith. Um, I don't know. Man, I watched that game and just like he disappeared. He kind of got dinged up there one play, but man, I thought he was going to be a good play. The Cincinnati D has just been getting torched lately, and um, since I'm a Carolina guy, I'm always on Steve Smith. Yeah. Um, but also, Devontae Parker, man, he, he could have had at least 10 more points. Oh, God. Uh, and I had, and it, the bad thing is, you're sitting there looking at your lineups and he got those points and they take him away from him. It's just like oh, me and you were texting at that time. We were texting on the, the touchdown was about a quarter inch away from, you know, eight more points. And then that 40 yard gain, which had he had the touchdown, he could have very easily gone five for 120 with a touchdown, you know, and he ended up three for 64. Plus he got hurt on that play, the 40 yard gain that they pulled away. So 
yeah, Devontae Parker was a what could have been. I actually had him on on one pretty nice team too. So uh, so basically what we're going to do here, let's get into kind of this week that's coming up. We'll talk about the Thursday game towards the back end. But I want to kind of go over kind of like a broad level overview of this slate. So we have a 53 and a half total. I haven't updated the totals from a day or two ago, so they might have moved the point in one direction or the other. It really doesn't matter till Friday anyway. So we have the Saints-Detroit game at a 54 total, 53 total, depending on the site you're looking at. Then we got a bunch at 49. There's the Atlanta, the Jets, Arizona, Pittsburgh, and Oakland games, all sitting right at that nice number of 49. It's Tampa Bay-San Diego at 47 and a half, and then 47 is the point where I start to – you know, lose a little bit of exposure, Green Bay, New England, Seattle, Minnesota, but there is some deception here. All right. We can't just look at the totals. This is why we tell you guys to focus more on team totals because even though New England and Seattle fall under that line, New England's a 13 and a half point favorite. So they have a 29 point team total. They're the second highest on the board. 29 is an absurd number. If Ty, if you needed some New England exposure, where are you going? Um, with with Gronk still beat up and um well they have a couple I think they have their team is like you, you don't even know who the hell's in and who the hell's out yeah know? but all those guys are probably just sitting I mean they might have some minor energy injuries I know Gronk had to leave the game but you think Brady's just sitting to take a rest day so um but uh Malcolm Mitchell's been coming on a little bit and it's hard to trust it's it's Yeah, Mitchell's a guy. Go to, but the last couple weeks he's been playing. So. Yeah, Mitchell's a guy who I've been wanting to play a lot. Do you have any interest in Mitchell with Hogan and Jeff? Uh, I mean, mildly. I, I mean, I'd be more likely to go back to like Marquise Wilson again or something. You know, I think that that is a situation where he's still way underpriced and um, is a little more likely to pay off than Mitchell, but. I don't know. I could have that wrong. I don't have a super strong take there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Mitchell's a guy who I really like his skill set, and I'm just waiting for enough injuries to happen or Hogan be out um, to play him at, at min price. But I think we have another week like last week where we do have a lot of really cheap guys. You know, we have Tyree Kill. We have we have Wilson. Uh, we're going to have Mitchell possibly. We're going to have Doriel Green-Beckham possibly even in a great spot if Matthews is out. So I think a lot of people are going to punt with uh, one or two of the wide receivers there. Uh, maybe even multiple wide receivers to go fit the big running backs. But have you got, have either of you guys tried to build a FanDuel lineup just yet? Oh, so easy, dude. Holy it's so shit. Loose. Holy oh, shit. Jeez. It's like the average girl I fuck, dude. You could literally <laughs> run a train through that thing, how loose it is. I mean, it's, it's fucking insane, dude. Ty, have you tried building one yet? I know you I haven't on a Wednesday. I haven't done it yet. Oh, my <laughs> God. Breeze in there, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. Everybody. You know, yeah, yeah, anyone you want. Yeah, they might as well not even have salaries attached to these people. And it's during a live final week where they usually tighten it, right, Jeff? Don't they usually try and tighten it up a little bit for the live finals? Yeah, I mean, I don't really remember for the NFL final last year. I just remember all my guys getting hurt in the live final. Um, last year, man, last year's NBA or NFL live final was crazy. I hope that everyone has better luck this year in terms of injuries, but yeah, you will see them sometimes tighten up the salaries. I don't remember if they did that last year or not. The last year, I don't know. I know they used to. It used to go to crazy – three, four years ago, it used to get crazy tight and then go back to being loose again. But, yeah, Fandle salaries are a joke, and it makes you want to give props to DraftKings because <laughs> what I always do is, you know, set a lineup on Fandle, and I go, holy shit, I'm going to win all the money, and then see if I can get it in on DraftKings. I was like $5,000 over. 
Like it wasn't even like I had to tweak something. I had to fucking rip the whole lineup apart. So props to DraftKings for tightening up the pricing throughout the year. Hey, my favorite thing about DraftKings is how they size their NFL contest pout structures. I think that's my favorite – or my the NHL. I was, I was just yeah. say, my least favorite thing is the sizing of the NHL contest. If you guys want a little bit of curiosity as to, you know, what the fuck is going on in this world, go over to the NHL contests on DraftKings and click on any of the GPPs. And before you click on the prize to see what the first place prize is, give it a guess as to what you think it might be. So if you look at the $27 GPP every day, $30,000 prize pool, 1,284 people. Jeff, beforehand, you said you'd probably guess it would be like, you know, six grand, eight grand, right? Yeah. $2,000. For some reason, only for hockey, low dollar GPPs, the first place prize of the tournaments is like 5% of the total pool. Whereas when you go to the $400 one, first place is 20%. The 1K, it's 50%. Just doesn't make any sense. And Ty, you've been playing a lot of hockey lately. Is it pissing you off too? Yeah, it kind of sucks when you have a good night and – you look like you look up to what you what you could possibly win, and it's like hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, and you beat all these people. So it's like <laughs> not even worth your time unless you're just a huge, huge hockey fan. Yeah, it's basically like I, I beat fucking five thousand people to win fifteen hundred bucks. Like that that sounds <laughs> that sounds great. Let me let me go play more of that. But um, going back to the Vegas lines here, Jeff. Any games that you're targeting? I know you used to like you usually like to get off the chalk game, which is Detroit New Orleans. I'm sure you'll have to have some exposure to that this week. But I think we're gonna add a lot of low ownership on a game stack below that if we try to stack any of those games. Which is the one jumping off the page at you? I'm always a mark for Derek Carr. So going against the Bills there, I'm sure I'll have some Carr, Amari, and Crabtree. If Crabtree can go, I know that he's questionable. Probably going to leave him off of my FanDuel Thursday lineups, actually, and and wait that one out, see if he can go. But I think that that whole passing situation is uh, one that we can target. I like that Bucks chargers game quite a bit. That's a 48 projected total, and it's supposed to be close. so you've got, you know, we'll talk about Doug Martin this week. I'm sure you've got him going against a really bad run defense, getting the ball almost 30 times a game. I'm sure he's going to go off in that matchup. Yeah, you love your Doug Martin. And I will admit that he has looked a hell of a lot better, even though his numbers still aren't good. Um, he has looked better running the ball than he did the first week. I'll say that. Ty, what about you? The advanced numbers are good. Yeah. Um, the game – you can go ahead, Jeff. No, no, you uh, got it. Uh, the game that I was um, – I'm starting to like more and more is – Seattle, Carolina, I know it's got a low total, but I, I got a feeling it's going to be shifting here soon with uh, the injuries to Carolina, and I'm a Carolina fan, and they said something about today that they might move one of their rookie corners, uh, Daryl Worley, to safety to fill in for Col- Kurt Coleman, who's in the concussion protocol, and that just spells disaster over the middle. So um, Trey Boston, their other safety, I don't think he's very good. Um, he makes some some splash plays every once in a while, but consistent coverage is pretty much terrible. No Luke Keekley. Um, I think they'll be able to stop the run with their defensive line, but their defensive line doesn't really get good pass pressure. Um, uh, so I don't see Russell, even with their offensive line, being pretty much in shambles last week and looking terrible. I don't see Carolina really pushing him off his mark too much. So I'm looking at some Seattle options and, and doing a little bit of a stack with some Seattle guys and, and then try to mix in. I think you got to have some exposure to the Saints too. Yeah, and you were talking about uh, – who was it we were talking about? Um, what the fuck was his Coleman, name? Coleman, Kurt Coleman. AJ Klein, was it? 
Yeah, AJ Klein. Yeah, with Luke being out, AJ Klein usually, typically, he's a he's a backup outside linebacker for like Thomas Davis. He's usually filling in for him when he's hurt, but they slid him to the middle. And I mean, he was just so spun out last week. If if the tight if the Raiders had a tight end other than Clive Walford or all those garbage guys that they do have, they would have really really torched the Panthers. Um, they pretty much did in the fourth quarter once they kind of found that weak spot. And I know I'm sure the Seattle Seahawks are are already figuring out a way to, to exploit that. Um, but yeah, he couldn't he couldn't cover anybody. Yeah, so yeah, he, he's struggling covering really bad, and so that's looking good for Jimmy Graham, obviously, who who torched Carolina last year. Carolina struggles against tight ends. Um, they're going to have pretty good uh, you know hold on the running game, especially with uh, Seattle's O line not doing so well. And then on the flip side. Um, Carolina's offensive line is just terrible. Their um, their center is a guy who, at the beginning of the season, was doing lawn care. I don't even know his name. <laughs> um, they're moving their right guard out to right tackle. He was the one that got uh, destroyed by Khalil Mack at the end of the game and, and um, caused the strip sack fum- fumble to end the game last week against the Raiders. And uh, you know he's a good guard, but he's never played right tackle at any level. So it is Trey Turner, but um, then so they're moving Chris Scott, who's their third string guard to right guard. So this could just be a total shit show. Jesus. Yeah. The only thing is what you can look forward to is maybe Carolina pops off a big player too, to keep this game close and um, it forces Seattle to score some more points and, and gets the game script that we need for it to go off. Yeah. That's interesting. Jeff, anything else for this weekend? Just kind of macro overview that you're looking at. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious, but everyone is going to want to play David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell spend up at running back. Here's, I was just going to say, I was just going to tee you up for it because we haven't spoken about this. I was going to say, Jeff's going to tell us why we should fade Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson this week. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. Um, I haven't, cert- I certainly have not decided to fade those guys. Uh, I do think they're in great spots, but uh, it's, it is tempting to try and get a different roster construction because that's what everyone's going to want to do, especially on FanDuel. It's going to be really easy to do it. So um, it's certainly worth thinking about. You know, we'll talk about – I'm not going to say whether I'm going to fade David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell in a free podcast, but <laughs> on Saturday we can talk about maybe the directions I'm going to be looking. Um, it's just, just for people building their – uh, FanDuel Thursday lineups. Just know that if you're playing David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, they're probably both going to be 40% out. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you have Jeremy Hill in there too. Uh, so let's go through the chalk report here. And again, Jeff, I, I have a funny feeling. I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. We haven't spoken about it. We probably won't speak about it till Friday or Saturday night. We'll probably be together on Friday rooting on our boy, Kevin Adams, who's going to be in the playboy championship over there. But uh, I have a funny feeling that me and you have almost the exact same FanDuel team built, contrarian <laughs> team. I just looked at it and I said, Jeff has this team. 100%. So I'm going to wait until Friday and then I'm going to show it to you. And I guarantee you we have almost the same exact team if you were going to get weird on that. And we'll share that, share that on the Saturday pod. So, uh, so just looking here, just kind of giving an ownership overview. I think you're looking at Hill on, on FanDuel being crazy high-owned, too. One, people like to play him more on a non-PPR, even though he's caught a lot of balls last week. I think that was a little bit of an outlier. But uh, 5800 is just fucking stupid. I mean, his price is just insane. So you, you got a bunch of free squares available on FanDuel this week. Let's do a little look through the chalk report real quick. 
Then we'll bang through a couple injury news and notes, and, uh, and we'll get out of here with the Thursday night recap. So I think we're looking at Breeze and Stafford as the uber chalk. And then I think if you're on anyone outside of those guys, I think you're getting a little bit contrarian. We'll talk a little bit later in the week about, you know, who our favorites are outside of those two. Uh, stop me if you guys think anyone else is going to be super popular that I'm leaving out. David Johnson, Lev Bell, and Hill on FanDuel. Uh, Hill will have some exposure on DK2. I think Theo Riddick will find his way into that kind of chalk mix. Anyone else? Like no one's going to play else? Hill, man. No one's going to play Hill. No one's going to play Hill? No. What do you I mean? DraftKings? Not on FanDuel. Of course I, they're, they're going to fucking play Hill on FanDuel. No way. Why? I mean. Why were they not? Because he hasn't done anything. I He's the bell cow back going against a good offense, and he caught six balls last week, and he's 5800 bucks. We're talking about FanDuel. No one cares about catches on FanDuel. But like what I'm saying said, is like, he's a touchdown monger. He's a bell gap. He's, he's basically LeGarrette Blunt, who's going to catch more balls right now, isn't he? I'm not even saying he's a bad play. I'm just saying people aren't going to play him. People are game log watchers, and he hasn't really done anything. Like, I mean, unless touts go crazy this week, um, recommending Jeremy Hill, like I just can't see it. We talked about how soft the cap is. Like, why would you play him instead of David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, when it's super easy to play those guys? Like, do you, you think need... he'll be higher owned on fan, on DK at forty three hundred? Definitely, yeah. Interesting, Ty. What do you think? Do you think Hill's higher owned on DK or Fanduel? I'd say Fanduel. Yeah, I, I would. Really, I mean, just from a simpler player um, that's just kind of gotten into over the year, last year and a half, that's the way I think. If I'm going over FanDuel, and if, if I feel like I want to play Jeremy Hill, that's where I'm going to play him if I yeah. want to play one of these sides. So, say, I mean, I think – We'll remember this, guys. Remember this. We will. Yeah, this is, this is odd because this is one that I thought I was – I thought it was obvious. I thought it was – No, you got to factor in how soft the cap is. Like, no one's going to want to play him. Yeah, but, I mean, you also have to factor in that people are, you know, a little more tentative to play Lev Bell on FanDuel than DK, which I think is wrong, no. and I'll explain that. No, a little more they, – they're a little more tentative to play him there. If you listen to podcasts and shows and all that shit, everyone's, well, I'd prefer to play Lev on a PPR site, but – yeah, because they're not looking that Lev is actually cheaper on FanDuel, which offsets the fact that he might get an extra three points through the balls that he catches on DK. But we'll talk about that. I'm talking about that on the serious show tomorrow. But it's Lev Bell, David Johnson. And if you go off those two, 5,800, Jeff? I mean, you're talking about James Starks, Tevin Coleman, Wendell Smallwood prices for a guy who's the 100% bell cow back, who's probably going to see if game flow goes right, and it's a pick em, could see 22 carries, four catches, and get all the goal line touches. So, I, like I said, this, this whole time, I'm not saying he's a bad player. No, no, we're not talking about the, his play, right. We're not talking about whether he's a good player or bad play. Yeah, so the fact that he's a goal line back and stuff doesn't factor into his ownership. Like he's, Of course it does. The problem is that he's, uh, you don't need to go that cheap. Like, there yeah. are plenty of, plenty of – uh, I mean, you do you do if you want to get Julio Jones and Mike Evans or Odell Beckham and Antonio Brown. I mean, there there are some high price guys in good matchups, unlike last week. So, well, I mean, wouldn't you just go Theo Riddick? I don't know on Fanduel though. I think I think Hill will be higher owned than Riddick on Fanduel. No, no. All right, we're making up. We're doing that. We're doing that for a nickel, Jeff. We're putting that as our first bet of the week. We're definitely going to have these Jeremy Hill ownership bets. This is, yeah, no, we're going to have a lot. There's no way, man. Ownership bets this week. All right, so we're going to lock I mean, game. the sharp people are going to play Doug Martin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're locking this in right now, Jeff, before you realize how high on Hill's going to be. So I'm taking Hill over Riddick ownership for 500. 
Um, yeah, I, I'll do that. Sure. All right, cool. So let's get into a little bit more of the chalk at wide receiver. Ty, who do you think is going to be the uh, the chalkiest of the wide receivers this week? I think there's a bunch that'll buy for it. I think definitely Mike Thomas. Yeah. Um, maybe Brandon Cooks. If people continue to talk about it, there's still a lot of days left in the week before Sunday. So um, he's just going to keep getting higher and higher the more people talk about his situation. It's probably the only thing that's really – to talk about between last week and this week is the fact that he had zero targets, zero catches, and that he's bitching and complaining about it. So, um, and he's got a, a good matchup coming up. So, I think he's going to be right there with Thomas. Um, Julio so Jones seems underpriced on FanDuel, right? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Disgustingly underpriced. Eighty-three hundred. Yeah, that's. I mean, again, how does that happen? Like, it's just too soft, man. And that's the other thing too. So you've got. Um, Mike, uh, Michael Thomas there, you've got Brandon Cooks there. People are going to play those guys in, like, the highest-owned game overall and not not have enough cap to spend. Like, I'm telling you, people are way going to rather uh, roster Michael Thomas over Jeremy Hill. It's not even close. I'm just saying we're going to see more breeze, more high-priced quarterback this week than we have before. So, I mean, I know you could build an easy lineup when you put breeze in there with David Johnson, but – if you want to go get Julio Jones and Odell Beckham, which you will see a lot of construction like that, I think that's where we're falling. But, again, I don't want to beat a dead horse because we'll, we'll dive into this later in the week because I'm sure yeah. the tout train will jump on Hill. But uh, give me your take on Marvin Jones. The reason I ask on this pod is because he's not really a guy that I'm super high on, but you know, really cheap on both these sites, 5,600 over there on FanDuel. Uh, DraftKings, I think he's sitting at, what, like 4,400 or something, 43. Going against New Orleans and saw 11 targets last week. So, Ty, do you think this is a little bit of a Marvin Jones resurgence everyone's been waiting for, or do you think he still sucks? Uh, I don't think he's great, but I think this is a good game for him. I was, if you look at – watch the game, Jared Goff was, was lighting up his number one guy, Kenny Britt, in, in, against uh, the Saints. And I don't know if – did Bro play? Or is uh, he? I don't, I don't think so. So I think if he's if he's not playing, I I would have no 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 trouble playing Marvin Jones. I don't I'm, I don't think the Saints are really a threat. They let Jared Goff stay in that game way too long. So um, I think he's got a tougher or the the Lions passing games way better than what Jared Goff is with the Rams, who typically score 13 points a week. Yeah, 100. percent The uh, Jeff, what do you think of uh, Marvin Jones? I mean, he's fine if you're going to bring him back in a stack with Drew Brees, but that's not a guy I'm actively targeting this week. He's just not a very good receiver. I mean, you don't have to take only good receivers against the Saints, which is why he's in play this week. And it's encouraging he had 11 targets last week. But, like, we saw him have a couple good games at the beginning of the season, and he's looked pretty bad on tape um, from what I hear from people. I Like I told you, Tommy, like, I'm not watching – uh, breaking down film for all these games anymore. So I rely on what people are telling me and I watch targets for guys. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's just not impressing. He's not jumping off to anyone anymore. So I think it'd be a fade situation for me if he's going to be pretty chalky. What do you think his ownership is going to be? Yeah, I think over there on DK, he's going to be chalky. I think he's going to be very chalky just because we need to find some some cheap value and everyone's going to see the 11 targets last week. And I think they're going to forget that he only had four catches on those 11 targets and about three of those targets and watching that game. Um, we're nowhere near them. So really I look at that as about eight. 
So that will be interesting to see. A couple other guys here. Mike Evans is going to be a little popular. I will give my take on Mike Evans. I have a very strong take on Mike Evans. Very strong take on Vernon Davis will be popular, popular at tight end. Very strong take on Jeremy Hill. Uh, I'm going to be giving those uh, Saturday. I'll let you guys know exactly what those takes are. But I feel like I have some good intel. And we still are on fade fire, Jeff. We're still doing good with the fades. So I feel like the fades are still strong. And I have some good fades. Ebron, obviously, an interesting guy at tight end. Um, Curious to see if everyone goes back to him or if everyone's scared off of the goose egg on Thanksgiving, which was very Cooks-like. Another fucking made-no-sense situation. But let's talk about the game that's going on tomorrow night. What's up? I was going to say, what about Odell? I mean, going against Pittsburgh. I I think he'll fall a little under the radar comparatively. I mean, I think if we're looking at DraftKings, I mean, he's 8,500 over there. And, I mean, I can't see him coming in at more than 14, 15% owned, right, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, I mainly looked at – I've mainly looked at FanDuel so far because that's my early week focus since those are – When FanDuel, he's more expensive than everyone, right? Yeah, that's what I was just going to say is that he's 9K over there. Julio's 8,300, so no one's going to have Beckham because everyone is going to prefer Julio um, even if their prices were the same, which is, again, makes it frustrating because, like you said, uh, Fanduel has a live final suite. DraftKings does also, but um, to have, like, a big pricing error like that is what the way I look at it is just pretty frustrating. Yeah, it's annoying, and, and you know, but for guys like me and you, Jeff, there might be an angle here, but – um, but yeah, that is, that is a little bit stupid. Like how is Julio Jones $700 less than Odell Beckham ever? It doesn't make yeah. any sense. It's, it's, just fucking, it's, it's just stupid. So I wanted to go through the injuries real quick before the Thursday night game. So just with the Wednesday kind of practice report, cause this podcast will be out Thursday morning. Looks like Carson Palmer rest, Tyrod Taylor, good to go. Aaron Rodgers limited, going to be fine. Stop me if you hear anything that you think is interesting here, guys. I'm just going to buzz through the big names. Tom Brady didn't practice, but who cares? Uh, he's going to play uh, Gillisley. Devontae Booker went full. Riddick is limited. Um, anything you guys were seeing on the injury reports that jumped out at you? Um, really nothing major on the running backs. I mean, Lat Murray was limited. He'll be fine. Ingram didn't practice. He'll be fine. Just a lot of kind of questionable, but will be fine. Like very Stefan Diggs-like situations where the guys are practicing. They're limited, but everyone thinks they're going to be okay for the game. So anything on the injury front that jumped out to you guys? I think looking at it uh go ahead Ty. no oh, i just just keep an eye on riddick which i'm sure he's fine i think he's going to be played by a lot of people this weekend including myself so um but i don't think that's much to worry about jeff yeah so riddick is the guy i was going to talk about too i think that on FanDuel um thursday you can play that angle if you want and um pull him out there because he's basically going through the same practice routine he has um, recently and he should play. So 6,500, if you want to get him at lower ownership in the Thursday slate than you would on the Sunday slate, I think that that's a fair way to go. And you could do the same thing with uh, Lamar Miller, who also I think is pretty likely to play also. Yeah. Ryan Matthews, not practicing. Uh, Jordan Matthews is probably a big one there. That's going to affect uh, Doriel Green Beckham's ownership substantially. He's 4,500 over there on FanDuel, by the way, guys. So if Doriel Green, if, if uh, Matthews isn't playing, Green Beckham's going to shoot up the ownership charts substantially. Yeah, 3K on DraftKings. Yeah, he was playing. Now, I will get cut them some slack because he was playing on the Monday night game and they don't update it till you know, they update this, the line Sunday. But as I've said before, 
a guy should never be at 3K who's ever scored more than 10 points in the season. 3K <laughs> should be for guys who don't even touch the field. And Green Beckham put up 16.4 DraftKings points against Seattle the week before. He shouldn't have been 3K last week, and he shouldn't be 3K next week. So, I mean, and the same thing, min price on Fandle, 4,500. Jeff, if Matthews is out, how do you not play this guy? Um, I mean, I had been kind of looking for an excuse to play him all year, and I was actually really annoyed that they announced before the game that yep. they benched Aguilar because I knew for a fact that Green Beckham was going to be more involved. Um, but, yeah, that just kind of raised his ownership, or I thought it was going to, but I think he got him at like 10%, right, Tommy, in that corner? I, I had him. I did, a, I did a lot of entries in that $4 queue, and I had about 60% Green Beckham, and I got him at 10%. So, luckily, even though they, it seemed like an obvious play, I guess there's, there's more dumb people than we think out there. Um, yeah. Ty, if I had to give you a choice between Doriel Green Beckham, Marquise Wilson, and who was the other one I was just thinking of? Who's the other cheap one? Let's say Tyreek Hill. And who's the other one? Who's the other cheap? Do you want the dude from Atlanta again? Gabriel. Uh, Gabriel, yes. Uh, Taylor Gabriel. If I had to give you a choice between those four this week, who are you going with, Ty? Shit. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I didn't know there was going to be a test. <laughs> I didn't know. Um, but just so, off the top. You don't need to go deep in research. I know you no, do a lot of research. I like, I like Marquise Wilson um, again. Uh, Against San Francisco, where um, I think he can he can torch him. Only thing I didn't like is early in the game they weren't really looking at his way, but they kind of warmed up to him in in what was pretty much garbage time. Um, so that worries me a little bit. I think it's going to be they're going to be able to put some points up against San Francisco. So he's in a good spot, but his price is a thousand dollars higher. Yeah. But Green Beckham, like if Matthews is out, I think Green Beckham's the way to go. The only thing with him is he can drop some ugly pa- – I mean, some passes right in his hands. He can have some ugly drops. So, yes, that can. pisses me off. But yes, I don't really like any of these guys. But I'm, I'm Marquise Wilson and Beckham are probably the, the two that I would go yeah, for. Yeah, they, they look like the safest in my mind. Guys like Hill and Gabriel. And I was, you know, all in Gabriel last week. And, you know, I'll give you again my thoughts on that later in the week. I have strong stance on him too. But uh, I don't know if he's as sexy as everyone thinks. The thing about those two guys is when you look at them, it's three catches and it's either 100 yards and a touchdown or they do nothing. Yeah, so or they shit the You're going to get like three catches and you better hope they do something big or get a reverse or return a kick or Dude, something. Guys, Gabriel's dumb, so. the easiest fade ever. He plays like 50% of the snaps. He's, he's not going to have 24 fantasy points again. No, I think this week is – last week the logic behind it I thought was phenomenal, even though Jeff Manns and Ted Schuster seemed to think it was just a lucky play. But last week we had Arizona, who was going to lock up Julio Jones. I said, I'm not touching Julio with Peterson on him. They shut down the tight end Arizona. So that should funnel at least three or four more targets Gabriel's way. No one thought he'd score two touchdowns. I did think he'd score one, and I did think he would have 70 total yards because he's had basically 70 yards or more in every game for the last few weeks. So – with the other options being shut down, he seemed like a good bet for 14 points. Um, 26 was just a bonus, but this fucking kid is electric, dude. Yeah, Those were video Smith. fucking game touchdown runs, dude. Electric. So Both of them. Yeah. No, that's the thing, but that's the difference between a 1% play and a 10% play. Like, you'll play him at 1%, but you want to fade him at the 10%. Right, exactly. Exactly. Like Tyreek Hill, so. you know, this is not really to do with fantasy production, but did you guys see – where they're talking about he's going what? to jail at some point soon. Yeah, yeah. Tyreek Hill. He got uh, 
he's like convicted of uh, uh, abuse, domestic abuse. And like he's going to, they drafted him knowing he's going to jail. They were talking about it during the game. I'm like, they drafted this guy and they're just using him to, to maybe get him to the playoffs this year. And he's going to jail for three years. What? So uh, it's crazy. Is this real? Jeff, have you heard this? this? I had no idea. No. Uh, this, yeah, they were talking about it. Chris Collinsworth was talking about it during the game. Oh, well, then I'll ignore it if Collinsworth said it. Yeah, during the game, he uh, or he before he got drafted, he was convicted, and he's going to jail for three years. So I don't know all the details, but that's what they said. And if that is not correct, to blame Ty. Don't blame me. Um, that's fucking. Funny. If that's if that's a real yeah. thing, that's the most. Don't blame Tommy. I've ever heard? Yeah, yeah. Actually, we'll blame Kevin. Blame Kevin. I'm pretty sure it's Kevin's fault. Yeah, we'll blame Kevin if it's not real. But <laughs> dude, I got to look into that a little more. That's fucking crazy if that's legit. Yeah. All right, so, uh, yeah, as far as the injury front, let's tiptoe into tomorrow's game and then shut this mother down. Uh, Stephon Diggs, biggest injury of the week in my mind. This is my fucking boner boy. I mean, I've been – almost every one of my big weeks I've had fucking lubed up Stephon Diggs, and he's done it for me. So, And I usually get him at a low ownership percentage. Got the Q tag next to him, practiced all week in a limited fashion. He's going to play. I'm not worried about him playing, even though everyone says a game-time decision. He's going to play. But, guys, do either one of you have a strong opinion on how effective he is going to be or how serious this knee injury is? Whenever a wide receiver has a knee injury, I'm fine with the labrum for Ty Williams. I don't like knees on my wide receivers. What are you thinking? They're only going to throw it to him five yards down the field about 100 times. So, I think you're looking at the receptions and maybe a touchdown. And I think he looks – I mean, I think a cool place to play him would be FanDuel Thursday through Monday yeah. slate. Um People are going to be off of him for that same reason, and then he can go off uh, pretty big in that game. Jeff? Yeah, I mean, you know I like digs. Um, can you dig it? A, yeah, I, I dig it. Good. Um, I've been a pretty big fan of his all year, so especially right now with the way that they're using him as an extension of the run game uh, and just targeting him a ton on the short routes, that's the perfect cash game play. So – um, I'm going to be tempted to use him if I play cash games on the Thursday and Monday slate on FanDuel and then on DraftKings again, too. I, I would lock him in there, I think. Yeah, luckily you won't play cash games on the Thursday yeah, slate, so we won't have to worry about that. Uh, that was a funny thought for a second, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah Diggs is only 6,500 over there, so think about that. I mean, this is a guy who literally set an NFL record a couple weeks ago, right, for consecutive 13 catch games just – you know, just a couple of weeks ago, and now he's $2,500 less than Odell Beckham. So, I mean, some of these prices over here just boggle. My favorite pricing error of any site, and this, this has to be the most egregious one. Do either of you guys have one off the top of your head that's just totally fucked up? I'll give you mine. I'm assuming you don't have it off the top of your head. And Alfred Morris is $5,100 is my favorite thing ever. Is, is that not the funniest thing you've ever seen? Alfred Morris is $5,100. Alfred Morris, his season high for points is nine. And that was in week two. He hasn't topped three in the last three weeks. And he's $5,100 and his price is going up. Pull all your their, your Zeke. Uh, or something's going on. They know something. Yeah, they know. Like, I'm almost like, like, what the fuck? Like, how does that even happen? <laughs> he's 50. Jeff, explain that to me, please. Well, I mean, they hear you all the time talking about how no one's allowed to be 3K. So they just wanted to play it safe. 
just in case. Actually, you know what? They probably are playing it safe because they know that dude's going to be an autoplay behind that offensive line if Ezekiel Elliott ever does get hurt. So I don't mind it, actually. I would love if they priced guys like that normally. But, I mean, they normally don't. You know, like it's very rare to see anyone, you know, who's in that situation. I mean, guys like, you know, Damian Williams are like 3K and stuff. I mean, I wish they would do that. I wish they would just make it more consistent. You know, like sometimes in baseball too, like they'll they'll shift certain stadiums or they had a thing with Seattle where they were like using matchup algorithms against Seattle only, you know, in football where it was like the Seahawks players would get be cheaper, anyone playing the Seahawks, but then no one else regardless of matchup. But yeah, it's pretty interesting that Asiata is 3,500 this week and he's averaging nine points a game and, and uh, Muff Morris is 5,100 averaging three. So <laughs> But what else are we looking at in this game tomorrow night? Um, I got a lot of money on the line and a couple cues that I'm, I'm sitting pretty, pretty on. I mean, it's obviously Zeke. He's going to be chalk. So who are the guys from this game that you're comfortable playing on a full slate? Forget the finishing off a Monday, Thursday slate or one of those bullshit slates. Who are you comfortable on a full slate? Oof. Um, only one really for me is FanDuel, Diggs, um, and, and Zeke. That's – that's about it. I don't really like any of the other options. Jeff? I completely agree, yeah. I mean, you can look at Ezekiel Elliott in any matchup. He's, you know, on FanDuel, he's 8,700. So you get um, a little bit of a discount from Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson. And we talk about how these guys' ceilings are kind of all the same, regardless of the matchup. So, like, that would be a decent place to pivot, whereas you're not going to have that option on the uh, – the Sunday slate. So well, that's the question I was just leaning to. You are an ownership expert and GPP game theory expert like myself. So is this the great day to go all in Lev Bell, David Johnson teams on Thursday? Cause they will be lower owned due to the Ezekiel bump on Thursday night. What do you think Ezekiel's ownership are going to be? And how would you play it? If you had one lineup in a GPP on Thursday on FanDuel? One lineup uh, for Thursday. Oh, man, I probably am going to have one lineup on Thursday. So I haven't decided exactly what my lineup's going to be, but I would absolutely consider playing Elliot, not the. Not right, that's what I'm saying. Is the contrarian play to play Elliot? Because everyone. I think, I think you're hint. I thought you were hinting at it being the other way to go. No, I was. I didn't know. I'm saying, uh, I'm saying, like, because if there's ever. Lev Bell and David Johnson are going to be like 40% owned on, on Sunday. But uh-huh. you got to imagine Zeke's going to be 25% on Thursday night, right? Or lower, especially in like the higher dollar stuff. Yeah, like dude will be probably 10% in the higher dollar stuff. Do you see I, that tie? People put 10% Zeke Elliott on Thursday night, primetime Thursday night degenerate special. Really? <laughs> Can't be 10%, right? He's got to no be higher than that. That's not possible. Not possible. Unless everybody just went all in. Because I think everyone's going to go, fuck it, I'll play Zeke on my Thursday teams, and then on Sunday I'll play David Johnson and Bell. I don't know how it's going to work. This is a difficult situation. I'm a little torn here. Well, yeah. here, here's, here's a different guy I was just thinking about. My mind was wondering, uh, what about Kyle Rudolph if there's no digs? Yeah, that becomes very interesting with no digs. We've seen a huge uptick on him um, when digs is out or hobbled. We saw 10 targets, nine catches last week uh, without digs, so that's, that's definitely interesting. But Any other take on the prior thing or Rudolph, Jeff? Um, I don't really have interest in Rudolph. There are a couple of tight ends I'm in, absolutely in love with this week. So Kyle Rudolph just isn't going to make the cut. Um, but yeah, just back to the Ezekiel Elliott thing. It's really hard to project Thursday ownership because we've seen it go both ways where people overplay the Thursday night game. 
-hmm. and then other situations where we think it's going to be totally um, over-owned and it's not like ends up being contrarian. And it seems to me the correlation is absolute shootout type games. Like we saw with the saints game, what was it uh, a week or two ago, everyone just loaded up on that game. In this case, like Dallas, Minnesota, I don't think people are going to be excited about it. So I think it'll mainly be a stay away game for a lot of people. Um, could be wrong, but like I seriously, like, I think I'm right about Ezekiel Elliott. I don't think he's going to be uh, near 20%. Oh, I think it'll be closer to 10%. Uh, I, I, I don't even know where to go. I could see him being 28. I could see him being eight. Um, but I would lean closer to 28 than eight. I think he's going to be 20% owned for sure on Thursday night, but uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, the way I look at it is, you know, this is the only chance I have to play Zeke and I can go play Lev Bell and David Johnson and all these other guys all weekend and 10 grand, 12, 15 grand worth of volume. So let me make my Thursday lineups, my Zeke lineups. And, you know, maybe that's what a lot of people do with the Thursday and Monday games. Let me get my exposure here. I'm curious. That's going to be very interesting. Um, When we look at this game a little bit further, obviously both quarterbacks are of no interest this week. I think even on a full slate, uh, Dak's a little bit overpriced right now up there at 8,000. You got guys like Tyrod Taylor and Kaepernick and, you know, a lot of other people at that 8,000 range, Derek Carr, you know, there, there's a lot of other good values. Stafford this week in New Orleans, Rivers in a good matchup versus Tampa Bay. So I don't think Dak will be owned. Um, you're not going to see Bradford owned much at all, even though his price is really cheap. 6,600 is, is really low for a FanDuel quarterback, but that's because he's not very good. Um, running don't back wise. Him. Don't play him. Yeah, don't play him. Don't play him. Don't play either of those guys, honestly. Yeah. Um, I'll see I'll play Bradford on my Monday, Thursday. Uh, we're out of Monday, my Thursday. Oh, Monday, Thursday, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Full yeah. slate, don't play Bradford against the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Don't do it. Don't do that. That's good information right there. That's good <laughs> don't play Asiata or McKinnon either on a full slate. Yeah. Uh, you know, Beasley's interesting on DK. A little bit overpriced, I think, at 5,500. I'd like to see him a little bit cheaper to roster. You like him against Munderland? What's up? You like him against Munderland? I just like – I don't think these guys like Beasley and Edelman and all that. I don't really worry about their matchups. I, I really don't. I just – I think he's going to get open no matter who he's on. His dot's so low, it's going to be a situation where you're not looking for, you know, long touchdowns or big plays. Anyone can get open on a five-yard out. So, you know, he is what he is. Monday, Thursday contest, I do have some interest. I think he'll even be very low on there because of all the wide receivers who played the other day. But And then uh, Witten and Rudolph are just Witten and Rudolph, so there's nothing special. So I don't think there's really much to cover on this game. you guys have anything else on it that you want to touch on? Nope. No. Any other macro views before we get out of here on the weekend, Jeff? Uh, I think it's actually a really, really good slate. Uh, I'm jealous of Kevin. He gets to um, be in a live final in this slate. But, uh, like, there are a lot of really good spots. I think that there – our ways to gain advantages on the field and uh, really excited to talk about it on Saturday. Yeah. I'm actually not jealous of Kevin. I actually feel bad for Kevin because he's in a live final with a lot of multi-entry guys in a day where they could set a lot of really fucking good lineups. So <laughs> I'd, I'd love to have five lineups in a tournament like this. Cause you could set five lineups that you can't even decide, which is the best. Uh, Ty, how are you attacking this weekend? You think it's more of a GPP cash weekend? You're going to get weird. You're going to go chalk. What are you thinking you're doing? Um, last week I did one lineup and, uh, because every time I do about three lineups, I usually cross myself up and, and if I just put all the guys that started liking at the beginning of the week, those are the guys that end up doing well. So I kind of, I, I'm always just GPP and maybe throw one cash lineup in it, uh, but it's usually the same lineup. So I'm a little different, but, uh, 
Yeah, I like it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I got some more. I got a, I did some research on the Tyreek Hill deal. So if you guys want to hear that. Yeah, sure. All right. So he's going to fall right. You just, in the- you just told us that an NFL player was going to jail before the playoffs started. So, yes, yeah. I do want to know more about that. Time. <laughs> so he does fall in the garbage, uh, garbage human bucket with Kaepernick and Mike Evans and, and guys like that. So this is back when he's at Oklahoma State. Tyreek Hill pleaded guilty on Friday to punching and choking his pregnant girlfriend and received three years of probation. Um, And part of his plea agreement for domestic abuse charge, he will attend 52-week batterer course and will be under supervision for two years. He will not be a convicted felon, and the charge will be wiped if he, uh, you know, completes his probation. So he's not going to jail, but what if he's three years probation? He should go to jail. He should definitely go to jail. I don't understand how you can go to jail for having too much weed on you somewhere and you can't go to jail for beating up your pregnant girlfriend. Like I, you should have gets drafted in the NFL is like, yeah. And how everyone's sucking his dick and no one's talking about that. I didn't even know about that until you just told it to me. It's crazy. It's amazing how the media picks and chooses who the fuck they want to, you know, suck their dick and who they want to fucking make it look like they're the worst human ever. But add Tyreek Hill, like you said, Ty, to the list of garbage humans known as Kaepernick and Mike Evans. So and many many others. One of what Mike Evans do? Mike Evans piece of shit. How did he like cost you money? Fucking no. Mike Evans fucking bad dude. Sat down during the fucking national anthem, then came back a day later and apologized for it when he started getting ripped. And then started bitching about the fucking. He said he was protesting Trump winning the election, (laughs) and then it comes out that he didn't even fucking vote. Like just fucking kill yourself, dude. Seriously, I'll play you in DFS (laughs) every week. Just fucking put. Put this motherfucker on some firewood and light it. Fucking idiot. So many fucking morons anywhere. Anyway, I'll end on that note. Um, <laughs> if you guys aren't signed up to fantasyguruelite.com, get over there. Uh, Jeff, the algorithm, the optimizer, Benny, Thad, absolutely slaughtering the NBA product. Uh, it's been a phenomenal run with all that. That's been great. I'm actually going over there and using a lot of our hockey information and having a lot of good luck at hockey i took a week and a half off not for any other reason outside of i've been slammed at work till 7 p.m every day so i've had no time to research pga we're working with uh, fantasy golf insiders we got a big partnership we're going to be announcing it's already kind of started but we'll be announcing that in january nascar our boy trevor won the tout bracket pool so props to trevor beating out stevie tpfl and all the rest uh, number one <laughs> Number one in a long bracket tout pool. So I know, Ty, you could appreciate that. Um, yes, that's, that's cool. And I have a funny feeling Ty is going to be getting a little tighter with the Guru Elite and the Elite Mafia over next year, too. And then MMA, we got fucking Mad Labs, who's just by far single-handedly the single best MMA guy in the industry. I basically just bet his picks every weekend. Fuck the FS, just bet his picks. Sign up for the subscription and just put the bets in. It's fucking nails. Like, you will not lose a single Saturday night. Um, and then, obviously, our NFL content, which you guys know about. So, no matter what your sport, get over there. We'll take care of you. Uh, look forward to seeing you guys over at Elite. Thank you guys for joining, listening, tuning in. And we will talk to you soon. Good luck and stay cash. Forgive me for my wrongs. I have just begun. Mafia.